Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about prophetically navigating your business life, whether that is you as an entrepreneur, as a manager, as a worker, as someone that has a part-time job or a side gig, whatever it is that you put your hands to, to work in this life. I hope that you have that under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I, I pray that you will learn to be able to navigate that prophetically. Now, first, let's back up and define what I mean when I say prophetically. The definition of prophecy or to prophesy in your Bible is based in a Hebrew root word that just means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. We serve a living God who communicates with us primarily first in His Word, in your Bible, but God also speaks to us in our heart. And so I want to just run through some basic things about business for God to bless you in your business endeavors, whatever that may be. That's the system that we live in. It takes money to be able to meet our basic daily needs. And so let's talk about that. Let's get into that. I've got several points on the page and I've got some scriptures I would like to give to us, but I really want to just run through this. And I want to tell you, I'm someone who has worked for a company and for individuals. I've had a business, a couple of different businesses. And then I've also had little side gigs and side jobs. And then I've been sort of a help to my husband as he's navigated his business career. And let me just say a few things. First of all, you are more than just what you do. What kind of job you have is not the only descriptor that defines who you are. I know whenever you're meeting new people, Oftentimes they'll say, oh, what do you do for a living? That's an icebreaker. That's one dimension, a public dimension of who you are so that people can get to know you. But it is not the sum of who you are. Hopefully, you're a believer, you're a friend, you're a son or a daughter, a husband or a wife. You, you know, you're, you're so much more than just the job that you do. However, The job you do is a big part of who you are. And so I want to get into that. I want to talk about some of these things, some different ways of thinking, and then how to really let the Holy Spirit navigate you through that path in your life. And and I'll say right now, too, I have children who are high school and college age and just navigating the kind of job you will do this day and age is very difficult. We're living in a very rapidly changing world where careers that were once stable and and kind of a guaranteed level of income, that's changed. And now you have tech, you know, emerging and all these new careers and things are shifting. And with global growth, things are just shifting so rapidly that just navigating what kind of job to have Really, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit in doing that. And let me say this also, that some Christians have an idea that is carried over from legalism, especially associated with, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They have this idea that to be holy means you have to suffer for Jesus and be poor. Well, I reject that idea. I believe that God wants us to be blessed 
in everything that we do. I really do believe that. I believe in the prosperity message. Now, I don't believe in abusing that message, and I think you have to define what prosperity is. To me, my definition of prosperity, money is just one small part of that. Money is not the goal. It's just a tool to get you to whatever your goal is. And, and I'm going to say this too, a rabbinical or Jewish view of money, which is kind of connected to how the Bible was written, especially in the New Testament era, their view of money is really one of a tool. And so I hope you adopt that mindset. Successful people understand that money is a tool, that it's not the goal. It's just a means to an end. And so hopefully, you know, you're not just focused on money, because if you're just focused on money, that's not going to do it for you. That's not going to bring you fulfillment and happiness. And, and I've also watched over the years, uh, my husband was involved in the medical industry, and we've seen a lot of really well-off uh, doctors and surgeons and, and people like that. And I would say that uh, money can only amplify sometimes your problems when you have too much money at your disposal. If your character is not centered, then that money can actually become a stumbling block for you. And so uh, without going too deep into all of those kind of things, I just want to get into some general conversations about your work. Now, we have to kind of divide this into two different segments here. Uh, the Bible talks about often, it doesn't talk about, you know, your particular occupation or jobs or how to navigate money per se. But the Bible does have a good bit to say. In the Old Testament, it's uh, an agrarian society at that time. Everything was centered around agriculture and farming. And so there'll be a lot of talk about the field and the storehouse. Now, in the Old Testament, when the Bible talks about the field, you can associate that with your job. That's you going out of the house or out of the city and going and planting seed, cultivating the seed, and then getting a return on that investment of your time and energy and seed. And so that's sort of how I look at work or your job or, or how you navigate business from a biblical standpoint. So a lot of the things in the Bible about sowing and reaping have a direct tie to business. And then when the Bible talks about your storehouse, that could be equated to your bank account, to your, your actual money, or your actual amounts of grain or harvest or fruit or whatever that is. So some of this is going to be a little bit allegorical as you look at the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, uh, there's going to be a shift there. In Luke chapter 19, we even have a parable where Jesus is teaching principles about money that really seem a little upside down. And so basically, to to gain, you have to give. And that is a principle in the kingdom of God. Let me explain something I learned a long time ago, that the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom, completely antithetical sometimes to the way we think. And so once you really understand the kingdom of God, that to live, you have to die. To gain, you have to give. And so you begin to change your entire mindset, and you understand that your treasures are stored up in heaven. But God will also bless you here on the earth. Let me leave us with one more thing. When the children of Israel, who are a picture 
of the church. Now, let me interject right here that the church did not replace Israel. We are grafted in as believers, but they serve as a picture to us. And when and, and God often, all throughout the Bible, will talk about when he brought them out of Egypt. And so it's a picture of mankind and of the church and for us as individuals. Well, when the children of Israel came out of bondage, out of slavery, of being the bottom of the totem pole, working and toiling away for garlic, leeks, and onions is what they had to eat. And all they did all day long was make bricks. And so God set them free using Moses and and all these supernatural events. Well, one of the things that happened with the children of Israel as they left Egypt right before they went through the parted sea is they were loaded up with gold and jewelry and, you know, items from the Egyptians because they just wanted them to leave. And so they gave them the spoils, you know, in the, in the Old Testament language, it was called the booty, a pirate's booty, you know, and they would give them the spoils. So they took, they went out with abundance. Well, there was a purpose in it. It wasn't abundance just for the sake of abundance. God brought, wanted to bring them into a new land for them to prosper, and they would need that for the temple. In fact, that's what they end up using that to, quote, unquote, make it holy. And holy just means something to be set apart exclusively for use unto God. And so what a beautiful picture of how we should be. The Lord wants to bless you. I really believe that. I don't believe we have to be down and out and broke to be holy. I I reject that teaching. No, I don't think everything is about money either. Let me get back to my definition of prosperity. To me, prosperity is a lot more than money. It is having peace in my life. It is having my needs met. Prosperity is my family serving the Lord and being close to the Lord. Prosperity can be so many more things than just money, having your health. I mean, prosperity is is a vast topic all unto itself. And some people get very focused just on the financial side. But if you don't have the other parts of prosperity, because I've, like I've said, I've seen people who have the financial side, but they don't have peace in their life. They're, they don't have that security of knowing their family members are serving the Lord, or maybe they don't have health or, or whatever the case may be. So it doesn't work as the full package of prosperity if you only have one and not have the other. It takes all of those. All of those things make up prosperity. Well, let me get into a few scriptures. I want to give us a couple of little foundational scriptures here. We're going to be talking out of Luke chapter 19 as our foundation. But in Luke 10, verse 7, now this is a key principle to live by. This is something that is sort of one of my main go-to things that I say often, and that is that a workman is worthy of his hire. Oh my goodness. If Are you worthy of your hire? Now, that cuts both ways. There's two sides to that coin. Number one, are you uh, giving quality work for whatever your reward is? And then the other question is, are you rewarding people when they give you quality work? I know people who are very good, honest, hardworking people, and they're paid beans. And that's not right. A workman is worthy of his hire. Pay someone what they're worth. And then I would say that that goes the other way, too, is that, you know, we should be rewarded uh, 
based on meritocracy, based on merit, on how much you're giving. You know, that's one of the things in this postmodern culture that we're living in. We're in this time of deconstruction where people are trying to, uh, the elites and the, and the elites from the universities, they're trying to uproot traditionalism on the whole. That's why Donald Trump's slogan, Make, Am- Make America Great Again, is sort of encapsulate some of that idea and it's to come back to traditional thinking and so one of the things that made america unique is that we were this melting pot based on meritocracy what does that mean that means uh, we want to bring in people from all over the world take immigration for example but we only want the best we want people who are going to contribute to our society and assimilate into our society that was the original idea whether you agree or disagree with that and so it's based on merit but we have a lot of these new postmodern ideals that have crept in and it's affected even the business world. And so uh, if you're in a business place and they're only, you know, giving pay raises to this class of people or, you know, females only or this group of people or this, you know, technically that is not right. That's a form of discrimination. And I'm not arguing whether that's just or unjust. I definitely recognize that in the past, There was real discrimination. And uh, going forward, though, America was founded on the principle ideologically of meritocracy. And we really need to get back to that because that is what actually works and produces results. And it's really biblical based out of Luke 10.7. And the problems arose really because that was not recognized in the past. And so, you know, going forward, how do you fix that? That's a great question. So let's get into our study. I mean, really, I'm talking about you as an individual. So so let's get into this study. And I want to kind of talk about a couple of different things. Well, first of all, you know, we need to distinguish, are you a worker? Do you work for a company or for another person? Or do you own your own business, or maybe you're like a free agent, you know. And so uh, let me just say this real quick for those that own their own business. One of the things I had to do when I went in to, to have one of my businesses is I had to meet with an attorney, and we had to draw up the paperwork, you know, to file that business with the state, to you know, for tax purposes or whatever. And so there was basically three options on the table. I could become a sole proprietorship, which means me and the business are kind of tangled up into one, uh, you know, we're one entity, so to speak. And then there was an LLC, which is a limited liability corporation. And then there's just a regular incorporation and and those are sort of very similar because that you notice they both have the word corporation in there well a corporation is a little different a little more expensive a little more work but basically it is its own entity as if the business is its own person is the way it was explained to me and so i really believe that dependent on these things maybe your attitude in how you want the lord to bless those so i was going to give you a quick little sidebar on that right there and maybe that's something i can do a whole another podcast on and really get into the nitty-gritty with that but whether you work for someone or whether you own a business i'm going to just work through these points these are what i believe are some of the most important things that you can do to prophetically navigate and receive blessing on what you put your hands to the work of your hands the work of the field quote unquote, 
in your life. And so the first thing I believe is honoring God. Oh, man, that just covers really everything. So everything from here on out is really breaking down that point. But if you're a believer first, that means you honor God first. And the Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. And so you need to be obedient. And I want to break that down. If you want blessing on your business, then you have to honor God. And there's multiple ways we do that. But one of the most important ways that the Bible just spells out plainly is through giving. You need to have a giving mindset. You need to give beyond your means. Maybe that's something you haven't heard before. You know, people say, don't live beyond your means. Well, you can give beyond your means. That's something I would definitely encourage you to do. Let me break this down really quick. Of course, there is the tithe, which is giving 10% unto God. Uh, The Lord says that if you do that, he will bless what you do. There's also first fruits, which is a little different. That's sort of whenever you get a raise or a bonus, then you take the first fruits and you offer it unto God as an offering. Real quick, some other types of giving is alms. That's where you give to the poor and the needy. And then an offering is is above your tithe. And that's where you name your seed. And God will then bless that back to you a hundredfold. And so uh, we could go into it. In fact, my pastor does an excellent teaching on that, and I may bring him on soon to do a teaching on that. Um, It's excellent. And so I would encourage uh, maybe see if he can do that, and we'll, we'll let you be able to hear that. He sort of briefly did it in church, and I think he shies away from talking about giving and money too much in church, which I wish he wouldn't do. I say, bring it on. I love it. So I need it. It steps sometimes on my toes. So I need to hear that. And so we need to have a giving mindset. If you want God's blessing in your life, you've got to learn to be a giver, whether that is if you're working for someone or you're the one in charge. And so you've got to have a giving mindset. And like I said, a workman is worthy of his hire. If you're at a place of business and you feel like you've been honoring God, then you deserve to be paid whatever it is, you know, the standard of what you're worth. And if you're not, you need to be in prayer about that. And we'll come, kind of come back to that, talk about that in a minute. So number one is to honor God in your giving. Because money is the language and transaction of business. And so that's how you first need to honor God is with money, because business is all about money, trade and money. Uh, you know, in the in the ancient days, they would trade beads, and that's what they had. But today, it's money, you know, beads and spices and things like that, pelts. <laughs> but today, we trade money. And so money is the way you need to honor God first. That's your first obligation. That's obedience. The second thing that I have on my list here under, uh, this is all under integrity as like point number one, uh, is honesty. Honesty, I cannot stress that enough. You know, being in church, growing up in church all my life, being involved in business while I was in church, I was personally leery of doing business with people in church. And I'll be honest, sometimes I still am. I've I've tried not to project my past experiences into the future. But we have owned a business and hired people who worked uh, for us in church. Uh, my parents had a clothing store in the mall one time that I was a partner with them. And this was the store that my parents ran in the mall. And then I ran the other one. And we had hired someone from our church. And there was more than one person. I'm just picking one story. 
But uh, this person, we had a security camera that we kept in our storeroom and out on the sales floor. And uh, she was clearly stealing, just flat out stealing. And uh, sometimes it would be theft through like deception, through like um, giving all your friends discounts or throwing in something extra for your friends or, or whatever. And then people would do it for themselves, or, you know, sometimes it wasn't direct, just taking something. But this person was stealing and it was on camera and it was really undeniable. And uh, when my uh, parents, my dad was the one who fired her very politely, but you know, look, this is unacceptable behavior. We can't trust you. We can't have you here. And uh, told them, you know, we've got it on camera. <laughs> and uh, that person then went back to church and basically cried to people and ran to people about how mean my family was for firing her. Of course, she didn't explain to them the reason why, <laughs> you know, was a little deceptive about that. And um, uh, I think our family took the position of we're not even going to defend ourselves. This is, you know, it's not worth it. And, and so being honest is so important. You know, that goes a lot of different ways. You know, just being honest with the people you work for, maybe you're an employee, be honest. Don't lie. Be honest. That's huge in our society. Um, just honesty is always the best policy. And, and the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, let me kind of expound on that. And the other one would be, be a person of your word. If you tell, let's say you are in a service type job. So let me, let me stop real quick and talk about this. There are jobs that sell products. And then there are jobs that provide services. And so, you know, whatever that may be, or maybe you are paid for a particular skill set, whatever the case may be, you need to be a person of your word. And that goes really deep. And that's something foundational. I'll tell you something. My parents were entrepreneurial. They were uh, very business minded and drilled into me from the time I was old enough to drive. I was told, you know, if if you need to be, if you're told to be at work at X amount of time, then you need to be at work on time. And if you can't be on time, you need to call ahead. And that better be a rare occasion. In fact, my mom, I think it was my mom said, you need to leave early enough that if you got a flat tire on the way, you would not be late for work. <laughs> and so just being a person of your word, being on time, doing the things you say you will do, not lying about, you know, cutting corners and, and all of this kind of stuff. Be honest. Honesty is always best. I'll say this. I was in, for a while, I was involved in the mortgage business. And I, I did a lot of uh, mortgage refinances, especially when the rates began to fall in the 90s. And so I learned very early on that some of my other people, my other brokers would sort of mislead people. They would always try to sell them the very best rate. And then it would come time to closing. And if the rate wasn't what they were told, a lot of times some of the people who were refinancing would get upset and would just leave. And you had done all this work and you lost the deal. You lost the sale. Well, I learned very early on to be completely honest and to manage the expectations of my clients. And so I learned very early on to give them a range or to tell them, hey, this rate could change. If you want to pay to lock it in, you can do that, you know, whatever, whatever. But honesty is so huge. Your name and, and your integrity is so important to who 
you are. You know, life is not about what you know, but it's all about who you are. I know you probably thought I was going to say who you know, (laughs) but no, it's actually about who you are. And your name is valuable and you need to protect. That's the best asset you have sometimes is your name and your integrity. And so let, let that name of yours be backed up by your honesty and your word. Your word is your bond. And so you need to live by that. Your word is your bond. If you tell someone you're going to be somewhere at, you know, one o'clock, then you need to be there five minutes, 10 minutes early. You need to be a person of your word. You need to be on time. Being on time is huge. Just being dependable is huge. You know, give yourself, if you get sick pay or whatever, you'll get, you know, usually I think it's seven days throughout the whole year. You know, wait and use those for that. But don't don't lie. Don't don't be dishonest. Be a person of your word. Um, and I, and I touched on this earlier about a workman being worthy of their hire. Pay goes both ways. Uh, number one, you pay the people who work for you what they're worth. If they're giving you a lot of effort, a lot of you know a lot of work, then you pay them what they're worth. Be good to your people. It's only going to help you in the long run. But now, if you're on the other end and you have to depend on being paid then you prove yourself to be worthy and and stand up for yourself and and tell your boss or whoever, you know, when you feel like it's the appropriate time for a raise, you come to them and you tell them. Communication is huge. You got to speak up for yourself. You tell them, look, I've been on time. I've been dependable. I've produced these results and I would like a raise. I feel that, you know, I went and researched. Here's the average pay for what I'm giving and doing. And I believe I am worthy of this. All they can do is say no, and if you're not happy, then go look somewhere else. You know, I'm a big believer in that. Sometimes we're loyal to a fault. If people don't appreciate you, then you need to find somewhere where you are appreciated. And so that's something you need to pray about, of course, and be led by the Spirit. But I think that's huge. Here's another one that I kind of added on, but I felt like it was important, especially for those who are self-employed or maybe you're a contract employee. And That is to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. The Bible has that quote. Jesus even talked about that. And what that means is pay your taxes, you know, pay whatever the things are that the government requires you to pay. There are some Christians who, frankly, have uh, some strange ideas about money and they don't think they have to pay taxes. Well, that's not wisdom, don't be weird I and mean, don't be, you know, so like spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. You know, pay your taxes, do the things you're supposed to do. Uh, I, I won't plow too deep into that. Let me move to my second point, and that is excellence. I believe in the ministry of excellence. Now, what does that mean? That means everything you do whether it be in the storehouse, whether it be in the field, that's your work, whether it be in your family, in your church, whatever arena you're in, you should be doing everything you do as unto the Lord for the kingdom. And you should do it to the very best of your ability. You should always be giving 100%. That is what I mean by excellence. You can't have a you know, a bad attitude, you can't be sloppy and messy and late all the time and, you know, flippant attitude and, you know, do things excellently. Put in the effort, you know, input in and put out. You're only going to get out of things what you invest and put into them. You know, like I said, being on time, providing great 
work, great service, do everything that you do as unto the Lord. And do you want to give the Lord 30% of your ability or 100% of your ability? And so lead by example. That's called leadership. When you do excellence, you're leading. Whether you're the leader or not, you're affecting the culture and you're being a leader. And so uh, we could plow into that too. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time, so I want to keep moving through these. The next one would be your storehouse. The Bible has a lot to say about our storehouse, but that's our money and what we do with our money. Like I said, money is not the goal. Money is just a tool. It's a means to an end. You need to have a vision of what your goal is. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. It is important to have a vision. It says write it down, make it plain. You know, if your vision, if you're maybe you're newly married and you're living in an apartment, then you need to maybe have a vision of a home. You know, it has to be reasonable, it has to be attainable, but get you an idea, maybe a neighborhood you want to live in or an area that you want to live in and set a goal and begin to work toward that goal. Vision is massive. And so when you become focused on a vision, you'll be amazed how that you can funnel resources toward that goal. And then money becomes the tool that works for you, not against you. Maybe it's a car. Maybe you need really dependable transportation. Well, first of all, you need to be practical. You know, a Corvette is not the best choice if you're working, you know, out on the field driving every day. It's going to drink a lot of gas, cost a lot of insurance. That's not an attainable goal. Set a reasonable goal. Be, be wise. Research it. Decide what's best for you. And then get focused on that goal. And I'm even a believer in saying, let's set, a, set some seed money in the ground and, and, and begin, become a giver and begin to give your way into to helping you find that goal and get a strategy. Dave Ramsey has a million you know ways to, to get you there. He's an excellent resource. So I would definitely steer you in that direction. Uh, another thing is to be wise with the money that you do have. You can't go lavishly blowing money. Again, coming to someone like Dave Ramsey, you know, look at the whole of your income. You have to make a budget. I'm surprised at how many people don't have a budget, but you need to have a monthly, quarterly, and yearly budget in mind when you do things, and you need to be allocating your money, usually by percentages, to whatever those things are. And if your income is less than your outgo, you're in trouble. And how would you even be able to to give and bless people if you can't even pay your bills? And so you need to be wise. Cut up the credit cards, you know, flat out. Just don't even do it. It's never worth it. So uh, don't run, take out a loan for the latest, greatest car. You know, uh, we've been notorious for being maybe too frugal at times. I don't drive new cars. I don't never have. I keep my cars about seven to 10 years. And so uh, I'll drive them to the wheels fall off. But I don't like having a car payment. But I like being able to go out to eat when I want to and maybe go shop a little. So that's the sacrifice that I make because I don't want to be in a mountain of debt. You don't want to be strapped in debt with all these payments. So be wise with your money. Be a good steward. That means that's complete. That's that's a holistic term there when it says steward. That means be wise with money. That means be uh, honest and integrous to do things with excellent. That's the whole package, basically. And then uh, have a purpose. Always do everything you do with purpose. Don't just, you know, willy-nilly set out, well, I, you know... <laughs> 
uh, we have a friend who uh, they have their own business and he's I've seen you know we have a couple of friends that have their own business one has been very successful because they're very motivated driven focused you know really uh, tuned in the other one kind of flies by the seat of their pants and you know they struggle and so that you you have to put you only get out of things what you put into things and so you need to be focused and then number four I want to kind of land on this one and it is marketplace ministry not everyone is called to be a pastor not everyone is called to uh, to serve that way in their church but I'm a big believer in marketplace ministry the Bible talks about the Great Commission all of us are called in a sense to be evangelist And we can do that with our actions. We can do that with our words. But one of the ways you can hurt your witness and be called a hypocrite is when you go to church on Sunday and you're real involved in your church, but then you go into your business place and you're kind of underhanded, you're mean, you know, bossy, you know, all of those things. And I've witnessed that. I've seen that. We went to a church with a very successful businessman, and he would sometimes hire on people from the church, especially young guys. And they would just, uh, they would be shaking their head. They're like, man, this guy's a whole nother person at work. He's cussing everybody out. He's mean. He don't pay you beans. You know, he's just terrible. But he was a VIP in the church, you know. So got to be real about these things. You, you, you don't want to destroy your witness. You don't want to be a hypocrite. And you also want to share God's love. Now, obviously, when you're in a business, like my husband used to be in hospitals, there's there's rules. You don't need to go outside of authority, but you can at least plant seed and you can uh, you can witness without directly witnessing at times. You know, you just have to use your judgment, be led of the Holy Spirit, but you can always plant seed and you can definitely always show God's love to people. And so that's so important. But if you don't have integrity and if you don't have a degree of success in what you do, you know, it can affect how people view you. And so I just, I hope this blesses and encourages you. I hope you think about this in your business, but in everything you do, honor God. That has to be the the top thing. You have to honor God because a workman is worthy of his hire. I hope this blesses and encourages you today. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.